Welcome to the High School Backups Podcast. We are on episode 14 or 15 or something 14, like that. Boy. 14. 14. Okay, I was right the first time, and we are here and good to go after the Celtics have pulled out the Game 7 victory just two days ago. Uh, dude, Kyle's booing. He's a Celtics fan or he's not a Celtics fan. He's a Flyers or a Rangers. Uh, the only thing he's been consistent about his whole life is the Yankees. Like, dude, it's so bad. He's chosen more sports teams than his majors, and that's already a record. So, that's anyways, so true, welcome, welcome to episode 14 of the High School Backups Podcast. We're happy to have you here. We're happy to be here. Uh, fun-filled conversations going on today. Uh, I, we already have uh, the uh, setup here. We're going to be going through New England News as per usual. Then we'll be talking another extra round, of course, of updates when it comes to the playoffs. Uh, does the MLB season matter? That'll make more sense in a little bit. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about our PLL fantasy experience and what we're going to be doing throughout the year and talking about here as we go. And lastly, we end with podcast polls as per usual. So in the New England news, this week, nothing on the Patriots end as per usual. And I guess technically nothing on the Bruins end, again, as per usual, because they couldn't do anything. They are so, playing golf. <laughs> yeah, and they're still doing better than the Rangers. So uh, as we go here, okay. Um, okay. No. it's perfectly fine. So we're yeah. going to move on to the fact that Shusterkin's carrying the Rangers, just like uh, you know, Thomas true. did. <laughs> and so the important part is is that we're moving on to the Celtics, who had just recently gone into the conference finals. Again, Kyle literally has a Celtics sticker on his conference. I don't know where his brain is. No, is. I don't. Where are he you used to. He used to. He used he to have used a Celtic to. sticker on his car. He also used to have a Flyer sticker yeah. on his car, so we know where his loyalty is lying. Also not uh, so, yeah. uh, um, so Celtics have oh, went on to on the there. finals. Yes. Kyle, I was in your car this weekend. There's still Flyers floor mats in there. You there is a reason it. behind why I switched. You all know it. I'm not going to voice it. Yeah, on no, we completely agree. Our, but then don't our- our teams for switching from them. Right. That's the important part. I was so annoyed with the team that I went to Who are actually going to make it to the finals, unlike the Rangers. So go Celtics. We'll yeah. see. Um, we'll so they're already in the finals. Exactly. So they've already <laughs> done the job, which Kyle seems to think that the Rangers are actually going to do. So anyways, moving on from Wait the Celtics, who we were very Rangers excited about. Rangers <laughs> Uh, anyways, um, go Celtics. We'll talk a little bit more about that as we go. Yes. Uh, and then lastly, the Red Sox, who have been on a hottie hot streak, which we'll talk about as well. Got blasted 10-0 last night uh, yes, by because... the Orioles. And then the game before, they won 12-2. So who yeah, you're it? also 3-5 and five against one of the worst teams in baseball right now. So that's Yeah, cool. and against the Yankees, I'm pretty sure it's 1-2. to two, And by the end of the season, it's actually 17-2. Because we've only had one... So why are you happy right now? Anyways, uh, I don't because understand. Because it doesn't matter. You're in, la- in second to last place. If, if, with 40 games in the season. Again, yeah, we'll get into we'll the talk subject. about this in a little yeah. bit. It's an awful Makes subject. Where I thought Austin, Austin's really excited to be in first one-fourth of the way through the season. Hey, congratulations. in one-fourth of the way through the season. Yeah, uh, it's over one-fourth of the way through the season, actually. I mean, we'll let okay. him celebrate it for now because it's not going to be the case much longer. So It never is. Austin, because we feel... Anyways... That is it for New England news. Outside of, we did want to bring this up, kind of not so New England news. Uh, this weekend, uh, there's plenty of NCAA tournament action going on, most specifically to do with our lacrosse side here. So, uh, if Jake, you want to give the updates on both of those, we'd love to talk about it. Oh, yeah. Um, the UNC women's lacrosse team won the 
NCAA championship over Boston College. I think it was Sunday. Yeah, it was Sunday. I was coming back yes. from Virginia Beach. And then Maryland got rained out. and Maryland versus Cornell got rained out, which is the men's NCAA champion, uh, till Monday. Maryland won that. I believe both one seeds won both those tournament, tournaments. So there's that. I told Kyle at the beginning of the men's tournament that Maryland would run through it without a problem. I was correct. I would uh, like they say did that. have a problem, though, for the record. Virginia did had give them zero a run for problems. their money. Zero Virginia problems. gave them a run for their money, which I did tell you they would do. So a run for their saying. money by Virginia losing by five. That's still a run for their money. But oh, it's Virginia not. wasn't it's not even, even close. Virginia wasn't even ranked. It's Virginia not even wasn't close. even ranked. Virginia not even ranked. And it's not even close. Give, should, let's, let me no, 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 no. when you bring the one seed that is un that is with like undefeated. I don't think Maryland lost all year. That's what I'm saying. Maryland was undefeated. They were able to bring it within five. That's giving them a run for their money. No, it's not. It's not even close. Yes, if it was one goal, it'd be a run for their money. It was five. And the odd that, that's no. close. It's what not. Uh, yes, it is. What are you talking about? Okay, uh, undefeated. Uh, like, I mean, it's like on. saying undefeated. ten points in basketball is close. It is. It's not. <laughs> it is. Oh my god. <laughs> That's personal perspective. Um, yeah, uh, we won't talk too much about that. Well, let's do a quick update for the playoffs. So the NBA, there's not much talk about Golden State handle their business. Jake can officially get off of the of the Mavericks train. And the Celtics also took care of their it's business closed. in about two games it's too long. Yeah. Um, Nick, not how even are the close Hawks to uh, They did a great job. They made us first in health they would. So um, moving on to uh, the NHL. Uh, and what will be, in my opinion, my favorite game in the NHL is the Edmonton Oilers and the fact that uh, a mixture of Connor McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Evander Kane, whose name I just remembered, uh, are, bo- are all three of them are going for the record books this year. Um, and that is quite exciting. And I actually did pull up an infographic to kind of show more specifically Evander Kane's been scoring more of the goals, but for Dreisaitl and McDavid. Uh, they are both with half as many games played within spitting distance of some of the best score, goal scorers or point scorers of all time in the playoffs. So uh, as you can see at the bottom here, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisler are both at 26 after only 12 games played with a good chance to play what you would assume would be at least another six. And if they do well, maybe another six after that. So definitely a chance to up to go there. Um, they would have to have crazy continual success in order to get close to Wayne Gretzky spot or even Mario Lemieux or even furthermore, really these top four or five. I, I, <laughs> I am not an NHL fan, but oh my Lord, I understand why everybody talks about Wayne Gretzky now. Literally, the, it's like dude, <laughs> Jordan of the NHL. Okay. <laughs> Just for a record, the goalies like didn't know times. how to stop the puck. The goalies always let it go by them, so that's Gosh, just every no, Wayne they Wayne Gretzky is credit. But, <laughs> well, okay, no, hold up. No, I, it's Wayne impressive what Gretzky have... has. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. No, Wayne Gretzky would still be at the leaderboard in today's NHL with the goalies being as good as they are. I'm not saying. I'm just saying his his numbers are higher elevated because the goalies were terrible. He's even admitted that. He admitted yes. that point blank. Multiple times, he said, "I would not be as good. I'd still be good, but not as good in today's NHL." He has said that numerous times. You, there are videos all over the internet. Go look it up. He has said that well, so many times on record of him admitting that he had an advantage. Well, it makes it even more impressive that these two guys on the same team are at this list with. Well, yes, 
I hold agree. on a minute. Look at the Gretzky games played though. 18, 19, yeah. 16, 16, 18, 24 on the third on the fourth one. But like he needed six more games than McDavid and Dreskel to get to 47. <laughs> so realistically, if they were to both continue on this pace at 18 games, they would be at 39. Yep. So that gives you an idea of kind of where they are. At 18 games, they'd be at 39. So yep. although they're not this, you know, the top here, they are very doing extremely well, and it's unprecedented how well they're doing. I saw the, the breakdown game by game, and Dreisaitl had a lot of crazy games towards the end of the last series, but McDavid's been a consistent three points a game. Like, it's been gross. So, like, two to three points a game, so um it's been very fun to watch i definitely just wanted to bring this up so we're doing the update um so it's going to be as most of us kind of assumed edmonton versus colorado i think that'll be a fantastic series although i do think colorado should and will win i think edmonton has a real shot to win that especially with these guys including evander kane playing so well i think evander kane has like 12 or 13 goals um in the first two playoff series or something like that it's like really high. so I just wanted to bring that up and go through it. On the other side, we have the Rangers and Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay looking to get back to the Stanley Cup Finals for the at least the third year in a row. Is it the fourth or fifth? It's been a lot. I think it might just be three. Uh, this would be the third three. year in a row. The fourth year yeah. is when they got swept by Columbus. Yes. Well, well, in the – okay, yeah, yeah, I got you. Yes, in 2019 in when they got swept in by Columbus in the first round and then – uh, first year in the bubble, they won. Uh, last year they won, and then we'll see this year. But. Yes, and, and they do have a good chance because the Rangers are a good enough team. Like they deserve to be where they are. But the Tampa Bay have played lights out, and if they continue to play lights out, it's going to be so, really hard for the Rangers. Uh, absolutely, will be the biggest challenge for the Rangers this playoffs. There, there's been a lot of talk that I've seen that the Rangers have had it easy when it's come to goaltending, and I wanted to address that. Because I think not a lot of people are looking at this stat. I will start off with the Rangers have had Lucky playing the third string goaltender for Pittsburgh and the backup goaltender for Carolina. Pretty rare that that happens not in one series, but two series. It's pretty rare feat for it to happen. But the save percentages that they've faced, save percentage for those of you who don't know, is... A player takes a shot on goal however many times that's saved versus led in is how you calculate save percentage. It's a pretty easy number to figure out. The save percentage that the Rangers face combined between the Penguins and Hurricanes is a .910 save percentage. For Tampa Bay, between the goaltending save percentage that they faced versus Toronto and Florida, both of which are their starting goaltenders, they only had a combined save percentage of .904. The lowest save percentage of any first round matchup, first two round matchups this entire playoffs. So the Lightning have played an easier set of goaltenders the first two rounds than the Rangers had statistically. And people are saying that the Rangers had it lucky because they played lower goalies. I think that's just a very bold statement to say when the goalies were playing as hot as they were. And it's uh, to get lucky. To get lucky in one series, I understand, but in two, I that's not. That just doesn't make sense to me. How you, how you can not say it's skill at this point. It's not. Kyle, just are those uh, are those save percentages for the playoffs or those for the season? Playoffs. Those are just the playoffs. Okay, so what that tells me, without looking too much into it, and I don't know the numbers on this, I know that Tampa Bay was scoring a lot more than the Rangers were. 
and so yeah, therefore that the the, the, the actual they, were they also were shooting less. Yeah. The Rangers were always are, are volume shooters. They shoot a lot, which is a good and yeah. so for that reason that can also skew it one way or the other. Right, but they were also score. Uh, Rangers were scoring more than Tampa was. For the record, with that. So I, don't know. I don't think there was one game one game in the Toronto series that was won by more than two goals. I don't know. You're boys. also going to get some like it's going to be Rangers in seven. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, a, he, he, yeah. That's that's the hard part though, is that uh, they have they're going from even if you could say middle of the pack for the playoffs, like let's say top ten, top fifteen, like goalies, even as backups, they're now going against the, the consensus number one goalie the last five years like they're going against the best goalie in the league it's gonna be harder and the lightning are going up against the second best goalie in the league as of this year yes so i'm very very so yeah it's gonna be i don't know it's gonna be just Uh, as hard for and like i think it definitely helps that the rangers had a better regular season they swept the season series against tampa bay in the regular season which is huge because that also means we have home ice advantage going into this series. So if it goes five, six, seven games, which it most likely will, that'll be huge that if it goes two and two in the first four games, it's a best of three series and the Rangers have two games at home for that. That is huge. Um, Has I mean, there's nothing this year. No, they're always Has good. Has good road team? Tampa's always good. good. Tampa? They've been yeah, average. Right. I think they've been like I think they've been just over five hundred at on the road. Which here's, here's the issue, good. Kyle. I know you know this. This is Tampa, so they have a lot of of poise, if you will. They have a lot of experience, a lot of poise, and that puts the Rangers at a huge disadvantage off the rip. Now, I'm not saying they can't I overcome think. that because they are very young, which can be a good and a bad thing. But I don't feel like you're dealing with an old Tampa team. You're dealing with a at the end of their prime, maybe, or getting there. But I don't think they're necessarily old. Like a lot of their best players are maybe in their late twenties, early thirties. So you right. have a that it's going to be their hardest competition by far. And the fact that it went to seven with Carolina, uh, who also went to seven with the Bruins when they probably shouldn't, because the Bruins were not playing that well, and they didn't really deserve to be as far as they were. I don't know how it's going to go. My honest prediction, not anything like bias or anything towards the Rangers, would be Tampa in five or six just because of that. But the Rangers can definitely win. Like They just have to essentially push Tampa off of their pedestal. Like They really have to surprise them. I think they're going to do what they did to Carolina last night. Carolina did not see – Carolina fully expected to win last night solely on the fact they haven't lost at home yet. And the Rangers came out swinging right away. And I think that's what's going to happen. I'm hoping that's what's going to happen versus Tampa. Because, yes, Tampa does have that experience. And in the playoffs, experience is everything. We, it is lucky for us, though, that I'm pretty sure Brandon Point is still injured for Tampa, which is their second best center on the team. So I, I think that's will be good for the Rangers. Since we are a uh, Boston, mostly Boston-located podcast, I do think it's important to uh, bring up, and I'm going to grab him real quick. So Colin Coward did his top 10 players of the NBA Finals today. Yeah. Um, I and I didn't love it. I didn't mind I it. Loved I, didn't it. I loved it. I haven't loved seen this it. yet. Oh. 
Uh, well, we're going to go through it. That's I don't really think I should share it because I don't want to steal his stuff, but I will share it verbally what he did. Yeah, you can share it. So uh, I'm going to pull it up on my phone. Yeah, you can do it on just on YouTube, but I'm going to go through it here. So I'll go from 10 down, So and I will talk about it after. So 10 is Robert Williams. 9 is Al Horford. 8 is Jordan Poole. 7 is Marcus Smart. Oh. 6 is Andrew Wiggins. 5 is Draymond Green. 4 is Clay Thompson. And then 3, Jalen Brown. 2, Jason Tatum. 1, Steph Curry. Really? So, well, I absolutely love it. I think it's perfect. I I wouldn't move anything. Marcus Smart should be ahead of Wiggins and Draymond. Yeah. And no. Move him back. And I'm, nope. He's yep. the defensive player of the year. He is considered one of but the top five players okay. in the He's better offensively than Draymond Green. He's inconsistently <laughs> offensively, but he is a so Andrew Wiggins has no defense and has a good offense. Like good. Like not great, but good. Draymond, great defense, zero offense. Marcus Smart's gonna get you more points somewhat inconsistently than Draymond's gonna get you at all. So Marcus Smart and he's defensive player of the year. He should be top five on this list guaranteed. Now I'm not saying he should be above Clay Thompson because Clay Thompson is more consistent on both sides of the ball, but I don't mind the top three and I don't mind the bottom three, but I do think Marcus or sorry, top four and then the bottom three, but I do think Marcus should be ahead of Andrew Wiggins and Draymond green. That would be my adjustment. I'm not going to say Mark Smart should be like higher than that. Like he is defensive player of the year, but he is consistent offensively. But yep. he is, in my opinion, more impactful to a Celtics team and in the finals than Andrew Wiggins and Draymond Green. Otherwise, I understand Rob Williams is 10, although he plays higher than that 10 mark. Yeah, he is hurt. He's yeah. injured. I completely get that. Um, Al Horford, you know, he's a leader. I mean, so I'm yeah. totally fine with it. Other than I, smart. I will say, like, if only if Jason Tatum didn't have as many turnovers as he did. I, God, it's so bad. I, I think he would. He should be number one, but he gets so many turnovers that. So I'm fine with to that Curry. point about Tatum's turnovers. He's actually getting a lot better at recognizing double teams and creating shots for people. So I think Definitely. that's gonna go away. Thank you, Probably Miami. My, that's, that's what Thanks, gonna do to him now. They're gonna double team him. So Good my luck. only problem with this list is that seven and five should be flipped. I think Andrew Wiggins at this point in his career is better than Draymond Green, especially offensively, and I don't think he's that much of a defensive liability. I'd prefer to have Marcus Smart over Andrew Wiggins, but if at this point I'm flipping seven and five, and the rest of the list is fine. I 100% agree. I 100% agree with that. I love Steph Curry at one. I think it's that's perfectly fine. Uh, I think it's respectable. It's respectable. I think think he deserves to be there just because he's more consistent at this point, and he's still uh, a 60-point game ready to go off um, or hit 15 threes on you. He's on his prime, but he's going to give you like – like he could give you up to three or four games of classic Steph Curry. Thing is – He's he's still in his prime because he's a shooter. Like he really is still in his prime. Like there's not I don't I don't see his game and go oh it's not Steph Curry from five years ago. If anything, I think he might be better. Um, and he's I think at the point where he actually carries the team now. Whereas like when they made that first championship run, there was a lot of like Iguodala and Draymond Green really holding down the team and giving Steph room to shoot the threes and be able to just dagger shoot daggers after dagger um, and put away teams. Um, and they obviously got a little lucky that LeBron was the only person on that Cleveland team that was able to do anything. It still took him six. So 
Um, but I think now he actually carries the team at like a superstar level. Um, no, honestly, in my mind, what the series comes down to is Curry and Tatum are going to get their buckets, and then how well can you defend? the other team's depth because these are the, these are the two deepest teams in basketball oh, yeah. right now it's not even close and it's going to come down to whether or not like i'm curious to see how golden state plays tatum like do they double because you have draymond who's definitely their best defender clay's not nearly the same defender he was he's had an acl and an achilles like he's not the same guy he can still yeah. defend but even if you have those two those are your two best defenders um curry's a liability like we know that, especially against this team. On like defense, unless, yeah. unless Peyton Pritchard's out there, and even he, I think he'll take Curry to the basket like all the time, or just step back on him. Um, which I will, I can't wait to see. I really hope he gets a solo on him and just hits a dagger three over him. That'd be awesome. But, yeah. anyways, yeah, I think I don't. It's gonna be interesting. Do they double? Because if they double, you've got Brown. Who who's guarding Brown at that point? Wiggins. I'll take that. Like I'll take that matchup. Um. Better than who was who uh, who was it guarding him during Miami series? Oh, it was uh, PJ Tucker got guard Tatum, and then Jimmy was on uh, Butler mostly. That was hard. Like Jimmy Butler is so crazy. <laughs> Jimmy Butler, and honestly, like Clint uh, Coward talked about, as well as like a little bit, it was hard to watch the Celtics bring that series to seven because it honestly should have. But and he brought up the fact that you could praise the Heat more than you could praise the Celtics for winning the series, and I completely agree. But I'm not praising the Heat. I'm praising Jimmy Butler because that dude oh, literally willed them. Oh, he's the reason why they're relevant. Yeah. yeah. Like series. he could have won them the series, and all that would have sucked as a Celtics fan. They almost brought it back at the end of that game. Um, and it I was, was like that was a little bit dude, more of Celtics losing that though. We kind of oh they they would have lost the series by far. Like Jimmy Butler would have been a big reason why they won. But in the end, it was still the Celtics that kept doing Honestly. dumb stuff like Smart. I, I, I love Mark Smart. Did not shoot to save his life. I, I love him. I Put in 24 games, Devin. What do you mean? No, no, yeah, no. He just I, missed I those three. People are, are going to talk about those three missed threes. And that's it's, it's not the threes as much for me. One of, I think one of them was contested. The other two were kind of open. So I'm okay with that, him taking those because, um, like, I think it was Chris Broussard might have said, oh, there was one where he could have, like, pump faked and drove in. I'm like, yeah, you could have. But if it's an open three, it's an open three. And, like, he's not. He's like a 34% three-point three, uh, three point shooter or something like that this season. Hmm. Um, and in the playoffs, I think he's been right around that. And everybody's giving him crap, but yet Jimmy Butler is way worse than him. And they're like, oh, shoot it, because it's Jimmy. I'm like, I, I think okay. he's 28%. 23. So what? Yeah, he's 23 in the season. I'm re- or was that just the playoffs? Uh, like that was, that was the se- it was the season, and I think he's 25 over career. Okay. Like, it's not. Um, no, it's, it's, he's terrible. But my problem wasn't with Smart shooting an open three when Tatum is double teaming passing the ball. Like that's fine. My problem was like that last one where he just threw it up over his head um, that, and didn't yeah. get away from the. Th- he was triple teamed. Like someone's open. Like don't. And um, throughout the series, I, it was a lot of his like dumb mistakes. You guys saw the the one that that video that Kyle sent in the group chat, right? Where. Smart steals the ball from Jimmy. I think it was the second or third game. Goes down the court, behind the high in the back, throws it up and off misses. the backboard, and it misses terribly when he had Tatum for a, an alley oop, probably. Yeah, he's still I, working I on it. Him. I love him, and he's getting better at distributing. I just want him to not. I think I agree with that. I think he starts to think it's maybe not his team, but he thinks he can do more than he can offensively, and he just needs to realize attack the rim. If you get the double, be the passer you really are, because I think he's a great passer. 
Um, but I think he tries to be a little too flashy sometimes. Uh, one last point on this. If I'm the Heat right now, my only priority this offseason is getting Jimmy Butler a second scorer and doing nothing else. Yep. Go yeah, and try get to bigger. get exactly. If I'm going to get Zach Levine or I'm going to get Bradley Beal, and that is first and only priority. I'm getting Dame if I can. I'm going to say the big difference between, I'll say, with Marcus Smart with his three miss threes and then Jimmy Butler's is one of it is you're trying with, with Marcus Smart, you just want to increase your lead to control the, to control the game. At that point, you know, as, as physically dominant as Marcus Smart can be, if he could just push right in the middle or at least even get a foul too. I mean, or at least go for two. That's a lot better than trying to go for three when, you know, it could possibly miss and then the team would take it. And with Jimmy Butler, he's your star player. You need a three-point at this, you know, in order to get ahead by one. So I think trust your star player and just go for it. But I think this is a little bit of a difference. I just think, I don't know, there was a little bit, I didn't like how the Celtics were a little flashy near the end of it, trying to pass it to each other. And then, you know, it's they almost lost the game. Like, it got, wasn't Miami beat us. We almost lost a game for it. Yeah. I got a question for you guys. Going into this, who are you more worried about with turnovers, Brown or Tatum? Because they're basically the same over the series. Tatum, Brown. Uh, neither, actually, to be honest. I, really? you Defensively, I would say I'm most worried about whoever Draymond Green is. Because, honestly, he is their best defensive player by far. And for that reason, and he is, and by far, I mean literally by far. Like, Steph Curry may get a couple of steals here and there, but he makes mistakes and he does defensively than that. So I'm not super worried because Tatum's taking the ball down the floor if Marcus isn't. And I'm not worried about Steph being on Marcus. I'm not worried about Clay being on Jalen. And I'm definitely, and I would assume Draymond is then on Tatum because uh, Jalen would have Clay. So. That means that whoever three and four, dude, the Celtics are still so much bigger. Like, so much bigger than the Warriors. It's going to be hard. Jake. I, I'm more worried about Brown solely because every time he drives, it seems like somebody gets a hand on the ball. And I know Miami's a much better defensive team than Golden State is. Like, much better. Miami is probably the second best defensive team in the NBA next to the Boston Celtics. I think the Celtics are by far the best defensive team in the NBA. Yep. But... Every time Jalen drives to the net, I am so worried he's going to lose the ball. Yep. <laughs> so He's the best players. He's one of the best players with sub-average handles I've ever seen in my life. Actually, yeah. yeah he really doesn't have that great handles. Um, I think my problem for the two of them, and this is why I really am putting this on smart, to not worry about his offense. Like, I want him to just be the defensive point guard and then that true old-fashioned pass first point guard because if he's driving and kicking it gives tatum and brown the edge off that first defender giving him the room to not have to handle it through the middle um because they're coming off a curl and a cut off a you know a backdoor screen um you know instead of the pick and roll stuff that can work but with at least miami was giving him a lot of trouble the other reason i'm worried about the turnovers and why i i know some of it was because of miami but there was a lot where Tatum's dribbling it and he just loses it or Brown dribbles it off his foot or he's dribbling it high and they just kind of like stick their hand in and just poke out of the way. That's what's a problem for me. And they need to shore up that. I don't know why the two of them were having so much trouble at times where they're just dribbling at the top of the key and losing it out of bounds. 
Uh, honestly, we still have a lot. at that point, I just think both teams were exhausted. <laughs> yes, I mean, and, and some of that back, happened in the first game. Too, yeah, but Ime, Ime cleaned it up in that series, and he will continue to clean it up. Like yeah, he is I super agree. on top for them, which is awesome. And I just looked this up, so I was curious. In the regular season, the number one defensive rated team was the Celtics. The number two was the Warriors. So that's uh, a weird fantastic I'm, not, I'm honestly not surprised. Uh, they are I'm, very savvy. Good at- and it's who they play. But if you go to the playoffs, the number one is the Bucks. Number two is the Celtics. Number six is the Warriors. Should be interesting. I mean, you also, because I mean, if we think of like regular season versus playoffs, I think it was Miami was the bet was like, was in the top five for three point shooting all season. And yet. <laughs> And the series, they and were the best. Yeah. They were the best three point shooting team in the NBA this year. They didn't take they were, the most, but they made the most. They made the most. So now they're like they're what twenty? Percentage. They're like down to twenty percent, twenty two percent for the playoffs. So yeah, I mean, god awful. It's likely that the, you know, you know, Golden State was really good in uh, in the regular season, but now playoffs come and it's getting a little bit tougher for the young guys. And then you have the Cel- you have the Celtics who are number one and are still right now number one in terms of defense. Well, number yeah, two next to the Bucks. But now- I'm looking at this here in general. I was just looking over uh, kind of a few. The Warriors have scored the most points, but that's no surprise based on who they played. No surprise. Um, three point percentage. Um, the Nets were first in the playoffs, so that's weird. They played four um, games. Doesn't count. Yeah, the, they, Warriors, they were. the Warriors were fourth at 38%. Celtics were eighth at 36%. That doesn't spread. Um, so they're not super far off. I mean, if you go to the regular season, um, Warriors were eighth, only at thirty six. The Celtics, oh god, how far down are they? They didn't uh, shoot well because thirteen. So they're at thirty six as well. So they're right there. So that's just three point percentage. I was looking at points as well. Um, I gotta say, a lot of that's probably brought down by Smart just taking them from the logo. <laughs> yeah, honestly, you're probably right. I want to look up points against here because I guess plus minus. Yeah, yeah, plus minus. Uh, Celtics were second best in the league at plus minus at seven point three. The Warriors uh, were fifth. And uh, we should have dominated better than that too. Well, yeah, we had like a really bad start to the season too. So if you look at our second half of the season, uh, after, or after January, we're like insane. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I predict we should do predictions quickly for this since we won't be uh. What 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 are you all taking for the games? Celtics, Celtics in seven. seven. Going to be a seven game series. I guarantee you that. But I agree. With I'm going to go six. Back. I'm going to go with six because I think this all comes down to Ime, and then if they ex they execute his game plan and Tatum and Brown turn it over two or three, but um, both of them each game. Um, I think we win in six. Could be less because I think we have the better potential to dominate i know steph hasn't had the same he's been his three percentage hasn't been as good especially against in that last series against the Mavs. i'm pretty sure he wasn't shooting well he also shoots 29 percent overall against marcus smart for his career yeah uh more important fact though beyond that is that in the last uh the last eight games that he's played besides the most recent one because he got hurt by marcus smart stepping on his ankle uh, he is uh, Steph Curry's averaged thirty-five points against the Celtics in the last eight games. He can average thirty-five, that. but if he goes, if he's shooting twenty-nine percent. That's fine. Yeah, like I mean, it doesn't matter. Jimmy, Jimmy averaged thirty-five, and they couldn't. You know, he's alone. So, uh, yeah. but they have a lot more help. Well, I would um, say yeah, Steph Curry has a lot more help than. Yeah, does, I agree know? with you. But I'm if gonna he's go taking those extra 
it's going to be hard. I'm going to go Celtics in five. I think that Golden State actually wins game one and everyone starts to panic. And then Celtics are undefeated after a loss this season. And then, therefore, they go ahead and they uh, win the next four. I mean, you had a team like Brooklyn who had two incredible players. But two superstars that we swept them, so it is possible. But I think it's just Golden State has so much more of a fight. I, I can honestly see them going two and zero at home, just with, with just how you know down they are at home, especially trying to West Coast. It's going to be tough because we haven't had to travel that much since Milwaukee. Like all of Miami was just in the same time zone, so now we're going to be three hours behind. That might mess with the guys a little bit. Nick, I might agree with you if the Celtics had any finals experience whatsoever compared to the Warriors' 123 games of finals. (laughs) Yes. Um, But Celtics and seven. Molly, what do you think? Molly says Warriors and six. It's her opinion, not mine. I'm sorry, it's not up for debate. Don't train your dog to talk out of its (laughs) That's not fun. (laughs) I mean, she's already a Rangers fan with Kyle. Are uh, you damn straight? She is. Yeah, and she sees the Rangers logo every time she takes a. Sh- um. Well, after um, she. I, I, I'm. I'm gonna have to. I'm. I'm really been thinking about this, like how the matchups is gonna work, though, too, for the Warriors and Celtics. Like, they're both tremendously talented teams, but like Jake said, it's like the Warriors have all the experience for finals games, and you look at the Celtics; they have some playoff experience, but it's not like they've been to a finals and have all that pressure on them to finally finish it out this season. So I don't know. I'm really thinking, I really think the Celtics could do it. They are a pretty young team. They could pull it out and uh, take it home. But I think the series might actually go all the way to game seven. I think the Warriors take a good shot at them. Push. Justin, go for it. Give us a shout. I said it was going to be probably around game six or seven because Celtics was in game seven that we did win when there was multiple times where we were hoping for it to go better against the Heat. Yeah, I mean, the Celtics proved that we can win, you know, crucial games on the road. So game seven, even though we will be playing in, I expect it to be the game of the year, maybe even a last minute shot. But I, yeah, it's this is going to be just a fun series to watch. I'm just really excited. Also, it's not Marcus Smart's hand. Um, so we're already pretty deep into this. Um, so we're gonna make the next subject quick here, because uh, I don't really feel like fighting about it. So because you're just uh, wrong. I so I, here's here's the discussion. It, it's it's such what? a me and Jake versus Austin and, and Kyle, and they're obviously biased because the team's doing better right now. Uh, but this has nothing to do with who's doing better. Me, me and Jake essentially said that games right now in the season, at the early part of the season, even the first half for me until like July, are not nearly as meaningful and don't have as much you know substance as those games from July to October, even furthermore September or okay. I say August and September. Wait, wait, so, wait, 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 wait. Let me go first, Kyle. Let me go first. You already chimed in during the group. Uh, fine, go ahead. They don't I even got really so much ammo. Okay, you you can finish out strong. All right. Saying the beginning of the season, no, 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 not even the beginning of the season. You said the whole first half doesn't matter, basically, is what you just said. <laughs> That's like saying they could go 500, go 50 and 50, and then they could win the next 
what have 62 games left and it wouldn't matter? They could. What the hell are you smoking? They, in they could do that and then they have 110 yeah. wins. No. And they have 110 okay. wins. That's fine. No one's doing that. No. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> the beginning, it's just as important how you start as how you finish. It, you no. can't just not. Oh, you just, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. Yeah. yeah. You can't just say, no. yeah, whatever, it's the beginning of the year. It doesn't matter. Okay. Molly agrees with me. No, she doesn't. Thank you. Yes, she okay. Kyle, Kyle, hold you on. You can't got... argue a dog. Yes, no, I can. It's Jake, straight Jake, Jake, yes, I, I, I was, smiling. Kyle, I was with you, and then I, you just, you just, no. Like, hold on a minute. So half the season, I get why, you know, half the season can be kind of ridiculous. I'll give you that, Kyle. I'll give you that. Make you feel good about yourself, finally. But a quarter of the season, you know, if you guys remember, let's look at like a quarter of a season. I'm going to go back to an NFL season a couple years ago, 2016. The Vikings started off the year 4-0. and And it's just like your Yankees. You guys are really excited because, like, wow, these are this is a really good quarter of the season. We're doing really, really good. And then they did nothing for the rest of the year, like your, what your Yankees are probably going to do, most likely. So a quarter of the season could mean absolutely nothing unless it's the last quarter of the season. The first quarter no. is the least important. It's the last quarter of the season that actually okay. matters, especially when you're really close within a couple of games. Jake, I don't know how you respond. Can I just break out what the actual, like really what the argument was? So yeah, we started ahead. off arguing – who is better, Yankees versus Red Sox, right? Like, me and Kyle are the only Yankees fans on here, I believe, right? I think everybody else is Boston. Um, So we were arguing back and forth, and then Nick decides to go in and say that every game is not equal in terms of getting to the playoffs. I'm not talking about where the momentum is. I'm not talking about how you finish versus where you start, which is where I – Kyle, you lost me because it does matter how you finish, not necessarily how you start. Although I I said they were equal. No, no, I said they were equal. okay. But yeah, I do agree with Jake and Nick's points from our chat yesterday that it's better to finish hot than it is to start hot. Like, I agree with that. Like, I would much rather my team be okay in the beginning and finish off really strong because we've seen that with championship teams like the Celtics who are now there or uh, the Red Sox every time they win the championship. Usually the Red Sox do that. Um, And the last two of the last three champion in the MLB have both done that with the Washington Nationals who nobody expected to, but they finished hot and last year's team with uh, the the Braves. Braves. So I agree with it. How you finish definitely matters. Um, But to say that each game is not equal to each game is just absurd. And to your point, um, Steven, right? If they start four and O how they finish, I don't remember if they made the playoffs. I believe they made the playoffs that year. Nope, they didn't. They, they didn't. Okay, the so like they didn't five, make it. Five and eleven. Something okay, like that. so not every team. Every, some teams start out hot, don't finish out well, and they lose more games. But but if they had started out oh and four, and now you have to win. Um. Well, now it's seventeen games. So now you have to win out of this. What's that left? Thirteen games. 13 games. So yeah. now you have. You're already at a place where you best you can go is 13 to 4 and now that might if you can manage to win all 13 games that's great and you'll finish probably in the top of the league but you yeah. have to win all 13 so it puts you at a huge disadvantage whereas if you start 4 and 0 you have the ability to lose a couple games because you started out well so it both things are important and that's why I said it makes no sense to say one game here doesn't matter at the end when last year the Yankees Red Sox and 
the Blue Jays, within the last three games, had a chance to either make it or lose. And the Yankees lost one more game and had to go to Fenway. If you guys have to come to the Yankees, I'm not saying you that we win, but it's definitely a different scenario. Yeah, because see, those three games are much How more many? important than the other 100. Yes, I completely not. agree. No, it's because we win no. one game earlier, it's still the same. It's but still again, the same. we're not thinking about those earlier games. Think about what's happening at the end of the season. Oh, so okay. I, I have a much oh, okay. better – I was going to say, I have a good comparison. Kyle, you talked first. You're going last now. Okay, uh, so uh, my important comparison – it is the Celtics from this season, and it's a great comparison. You can't, okay, Pause the Celtics no, no, no. were. Wait, wait, let them, let them, let us, let us, let us, let us. You cannot compare basketball and baseball. Those are apples. Yes, you can. No, you, no, you can't. Can. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. You can compare those better than you can football or baseball. Let's be honest. That's true. It's, true. Yes. it's easy to go on a twelve-week win streak than it is to go on a what thirty-game week win streak like with the with baseball, but nonetheless. With the ba- with basketball, right? You play about three to four games a week. Baseball, you're playing about five to six, roughly. So you're playing consistently. You can really get momentum, all that stuff. If you start off rough, the Celtics were three games under around January. I'm not going to go for exact dates, but around January 1st, they were three games under 500. They proceeded to, from that point on, in the last almost six or sorry five months, they have only lost 12 games. So let's say you double that. Let's say you double that for baseball, assuming you play roughly double the amount. Let's just assume you play double the amount in baseball, right? Because it's roughly double amount of the season. That means in the last four months or five months of the season, which is from what? I guess you could say beginning of October to what would be the beginning of May or beginning of June or so, that time frame. If you only have 24 losses, that means you probably had like what 80 wins i think they actually that's a that's a lot i think the celtics went 33 and 12 since then or something like that so you have like 60 to 65 wins that already is almost enough to not not quite there's still like 20 games but if you go even at 20 20 for the first 40 games and then for the rest of the season you then go 65 and 25 i know that's not the exact numbers that means you have 85 wins. People with 85 wins make the play at wild card, especially now that they've added another two teams. That's enough to make the playoffs. So you have a subpar start, which is the Red Sox only three out of 500, about 50 games in, about a third of the way through the season. And then the rest of the season, they go essentially a 75% win rate, which actually Celtics were about 75% win rate. That means for the next 100 or so games, they're winning 75 games. That means they're ending with 90 eight wins or something like that because they're at 23. That is one of the best in the MLB. That is one of the best in the MLB. So that's my point, and that's why I think that getting now to the next couple of months is way more important, and the games are way more important than having a rough start because the rough starts sometimes are needed for a team to get kicked in the like Trevor Story, who has now had the most successful last two weeks in the MLB. So... He's been oh. as red hot as I've ever seen anybody. Okay. Go, go ahead, Jake. I'll, I'll, I'll talk after so you. So I'm coming at this from a different perspective. Equally, yeah, they're all 1 in 162 or however, like whatever you want to call it, whatever sport it is, they're all 1 in 16. Coming at it from a play, former player and former coach perspective, when I'm looking at the first few weeks of the season, I'm looking at teams who aren't cohesive yet they're not supposed to be at their best in week one you're supposed to use those first few games to figure out what you do well what other teams do well etc etc 
you lose a couple, your season isn't lost. But if you start out hot, say you go 5-0, and whatever, I'm playing high school football. All of a sudden, you lose a couple games in the middle of the season, you're not really feeling as good about it as you were when you were 5-0, and right? So coming from that coach or player perspective, as the seasons went on, it felt like those later games mattered more. I think there's a rhyme and reason to that because of the fact that at that point you should be rolling on all cylinders. If you're not, your team's in trouble. If you start out red hot and then taper off, your likelihood of winning a championship is almost zero because of the fact that your best isn't being put on display every night. By the time you hit midseason in baseball, you should know who you are as a baseball team. And after that first 40 games, you should start to see that uptick. And if you're not, you should be worried. Take the St. Louis Blues in hockey from 2018-2019 when they beat the Bruins in the Stanley Cup. They were the worst team in the NHL halfway through the year, and all of a sudden they won the Stanley Cup. The Celtics this year. Miami Heat, the first year that they were together in 2012, started out like 500 through the first 20 games, then rampaged through the NBA Finals where they ran into Dirk Nowitzki, who had one of the best finals ever. Um, but those first few weeks, depending on, like that first quarter of the season, you're trying to figure out who you are as a football team or as a team. After that, you should be red hot. The first quarter of the season, I think, is used to gauge who you are. And then once you figure that out, you should start consistently winning. That's where I'm coming from at. That's where I'm coming from. I'll take the Patriots from 2000. It was the year or the second year of Jimmy Garoppolo. The Patriots were 2-2. Two and two. It was the on to Cincinnati year. Oh, that was the 2014 <laughs> season. Yeah. Patriots were 2-2, two and two and they had just gotten blown out. And everybody was calling for Brady's head. Mind you, that's nuts. That's a decade ago, and Brady's still playing in the NFL. Let's just remind you of all that. All right. that. Patriots ended up going, I think, 10-2 and two or, like, undefeated the rest of the year and won a Super Bowl. So, for me, those first quarter of the seasons aren't as important versus win-loss as it is, who are we as a football team? So that's why I'm saying later games matter more. So I'd, I'd agree with you in the fact that, again, all of that is the momentum building for your championship. And like any coach, I think, would agree, you're trying, usually, trying to figure out who you are in the beginning of the year, right? Like, I would say, first off, Nick, your Celtics analogy, the reason I say it doesn't really work is because that's an astronomically, like, once in a generation type of season. It doesn't happen often and it may get you a championship. And I hope it does because I am a Celtics fan. And it happens with other ones, like you said, like the Blues or other teams, Patriots that have gone on to win it. And that's usually because they just keep the momentum and they're that kind of team. They have that special year that gets a championship. Even the Braves a little bit last year were kind of like that. But the way the Celtics did it, at 50 games through were one game under 500. And then when... That was they were twenty one and twenty, I believe, was the or that was twenty three and twenty four, something like that. Is that what it, it was? Yeah, not whatever. good. It was, yeah, either <laughs> way, whatever. They were one under, and then they ended up winning, losing like ten games, or not even that, the rest of the way. So astronomically, like just like that's a different kind of season. They likely won't do that again in in the next fifteen years. I think they'll be successful, but anyways. So, but back to back, Jake's point. The if we're comparing Red Sox and Yankees right now for this season, right? Let's take out not their past, none of the other stuff. What are they doing right now? I think you guys added you added Trevor Story. Who else did you add this year? That was a lot of small names. It wasn't anything too crazy. Okay, so he was Trevor the only, Story is the only big one. Okay. So like 
Yankees added no big names. Um, and added like one, the only one I can think of that we actually, I'd say one, I'd say Josh Donaldson's pretty big, but he's like, I wouldn't consider him bigger than Trevor story. Like he wasn't someone that they were saying, so you added Donaldson. He's a medium name at this point in his career. And then you added Isaiah Kiner Falefa, who is just for defense for the most part, he's a decent hitter. Um, and then Jose Trevino, like those are the three they added really outside of it. They, I know they signed Marvin Gonzalez and some of these other guys that are really just bench players. Um, and then they brought guys up from, so my thing is that their core was already there from last year and the year before that. Um, you guys have a solid core. You had like Devers and Bogarts and yeah, I was going to bring that up. But so, story is supposed to be a part of that. Right, like so Donaldson's story, not supposed to be a part of the Yankees score right. necessarily, but we want story to be right. there for six years and be the next right. second baseman. Yeah. And also, is this did you have um Cora last year or is this his first year? Oh, this is his second year back. Okay, it's his second year back. So he brought in story and without him hitting early on, it definitely had an impact on the team. And then also yes. just like your bullpen is still pretty bad, right? Like, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's really a hit or miss whether the bullpen or the starters lose us a okay. game, but one of them usually loses us a game. Okay. So I'd agree with you. You guys are finding like who you are in this. And if Trevor story keep, okay, he's not going to stay this hot for the rest of the season, right? Like I don't expect judge to stay the way he stayed for the rest of the season. I definitely don't expect Trevor story to stay where he stayed over these two weeks. I think he's had like, 10 home runs in two weeks or something crazy. Like yeah, that. it's something and gross, like 20 RBI. He's had two grand slams. Like, that's not going to keep happening, right? We all agree that's not going to happen for the rest of the season. I, yeah. But he can definitely hit. I think he's proving he can hit probably like he did in Colorado, which is what you guys want. So we'll see what happens the rest of the season. I think, one, for the Yankees, it's really good for them for the way they've played because they've played mediocre for the last two seasons. Um, and it was showing them, okay, the core is there. They're going to play – I don't know if they can keep this level because they were on pace for, like, a record season, like, the best of all time. I don't think they maintain that. Like, I, I'm a Yankees fan, and I, won't, I wouldn't see them doing that. Could they? Maybe. But I don't think they will, um, especially with some of the injuries they have now, although they don't seem serious. So I, I'm, my argument was only for when we're just looking at 162 games, excluding postseason. You're not talking about winning a championship. You're saying who's getting to the playoffs – Every game matters because it comes down to the end almost always that there's seven, ten teams fighting for one, maybe two playoff spots. And now I know they added the third, so maybe you could say I, I would say now it would be three, yeah. So that's why my argument was every single game beginning, end, and matters because they're all going to be within three games of each other. And if you won that extra game earlier, you'd have that extra buffer at the end of the game. Now I agree with you when you get to the end of the season, if you're fighting for that, those matter at that moment that much more because you're building momentum on that team. But if we're, if we're taking out, you're going for a championship, you're trying to win in the playoffs, you're trying to build momentum and get your team ready for that. Then I think ever you have to say every game matters just as much. That was my big point. I get it. I just don't Agreed. think you can take that monumental late, game aspect out of it like i just don't like theoretically maybe you can do it but in real life i just don't think you can take it out because i mean of how he, monumental those games are yeah and here's a question realistically so the red sox are currently 23 and 26 they're 10 and a half games on the Yankees. in my opinion and you guys can agree with this disagree with you, however you feel about it i would rather be in the red sox position right now 
because of how because of how they started. I don't like a perfect season, and maybe it's because the Patriots have never had a perfect season. And the one time they did, it ended in shambles. Um, I'm sorry. I like. Who'd they lose to? Eli Manning, Eli Manning, Mario Manning, and Tyrese. That's it, David Tyree. That's it. Um, point B. They also lost a holding call on the defensive side um, when they were trying to get to the quarterback. Just to say, I don't care how they win. I just care that they win. I don't care if they rip someone's face mask off as long as it ends. Okay. Do you care if they cheat? All right. All right. Anyway, Kyle, would you be proud of your team had a Jason Garrett, Mason Rudolph helmet smash? Like, okay. Anyways, so my. My whole point is that which position would I rather be in? Of course, I'd like to be 33 and 15, but I would rather be 33 and 15 at, in a section of the year at the end of the year. Like right now, I am perfectly fine with the Red Sox being 300, 500 at this point in the year. If they don't heat up, which they already have, the Yankees aren't garbage. They are the best record in the league right now. They are playing very well. Nothing more to it. Um, I would rather be the Red Sox who are get who are going to get hot in the middle or end of the year than the Yankees who are coming towards the beginning. As of right now, they could stay hot. They could get hot at the end of the year. I would just rather be in the Red Sox position because a team who doesn't face adversity early will face it late, and that's the worst possible time. So maybe this is where I think this is like thinking back to Jake's analogy of him playing in high school. I thought about mine. All the teams I was on for soccer, which was the only real team sport I played, I ran track, but it doesn't really count. Um, frisbee. <laughs> yeah, frisbee in college. Um, so for soccer, all four years, I had a bunch of teams that we started out iffy. Like, or some of them they went like okay, maybe they went four and zero, had a terrible middle, and finished okay late. My senior year, we went wire to wire undefeated. Went all the way to the state championship, won our conference championship. Now we ended up losing the state championship, unfortunately. But, um, and uh, uh, Andrew, you remember Coventry and how good they were. Ah, we hate them. Anyways, so did, were you in their division? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's why. Yeah, no, we, we were in the losing. conference, so we played them. Oh, that's right. Twice that's a right. year. Because you guys were uh, kind of a class up from us. But anyways, that's not the point. <laughs> it was just. <laughs> Both had to play them. Uh, they beat us 2-0 in the state final. Um, but we were usually that team that started out iffy and tried to climb out of a hole, and it just never seemed to work for us. Senior year, we said, we're going to start fast, we're going to start hot, and we're just going to carry it. And we did. Um, so I think it also depends on who your team is and how, like, what's their mentality. Some teams need that kick in the pants. Maybe that's the Red Sox this year. It seems, for whatever reason, it seems to be Boston sports in general. Like, they can't seem to start hot, but as soon as they get that, like, the media, they, they love the underdog. I think that's what it is. I think Boston just needs to be the underdog. Whereas New York expects themselves to be the best. Now, in most sports, they have sucked for, like, three decades. But other than the Yankees, like, they've been, like, the only consistent good They've only team. sucked for one decade. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that's only in championships but um yeah, yeah no so no i agree I honestly i think it, i think it the playoffs every year. yeah uh, although i agree with you i'd rather be the red sox and win a championship and go like 60 games under the next year as you guys tend to do and then yeah. win another one like two years later and then do it again i'd rather do that but i don't know how they are. do it but they do it 
it's just I, I, yeah i don't understand how you guys do that because the yankees will go we haven't had a losing record in like 25 25 no, we right? did in 2014 no we did in 2014 no we still Jeter's stayed above it year. we still Are stayed above sure? it I go look. I'm I'm almost guaranteeing you we stayed above I it. We were below five I thought we had a losing record that year. I'll double check though. I mean, point being, a lot of not losing. It feels like that's almost preventative play, whereas the Red Sox play for championships. Like they're playing to win that final game, whereas it sounds like the Yankees are just trying not to lose. Like they're just, you know what I mean? Which it's isn't been a lot of New York team, It's been a lot. Of there were five games over five hundred that year, so you were right, Austin. We're, we we that's that's what I'm saying. Like. I would rather have a, a, a sub-500 season and win a championship the next year than go five games over 500 and then go another five games over 500 the next year. Like, what does that matter? I agree with you. Hey, it's it's annoying. Consistently mediocre <laughs> half the time. I, I agree with you. This past decade has been terrible. Yeah. Um, sounds like, sounds like and, and then they'll have, like, th- 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 They're not as bad as the Giants. It's okay. That's true. Yeah. It's true. Again, they're the only good team. They went to, they've been to the ALCS once no twice i think in the last decade three maybe three times who um, the yankees yeah the i know they had the 2017 points. season where they beat that ridiculous uh cleveland team i think the red sox have been four times and they've won twice yeah you've been four they, won twice and they won, won the world two. series both times yeah so when you guys have gotten there you've won they've won in their last four world series if they've gone there they've won it yep and that was a special um, 2018, 2018 yes. that was just a special team well like, the really. whole <laughs> The last, well, there's a reason for that. And I know, honestly, I know. You're kind of seeing that now. Like, the dude's still playing great, but he's making $35 million a year, and they're going to yeah. can't and don't want to afford that uh, until they decide to sign Trevor Story. So, um, <laughs> point point being, uh, we're going to move on to that subject. Uh, we can always talk about it more, but we are getting a little bit late here. So, we're going to talk a little bit about, and I'll have Pal talk about it the most, but um, just a little bit about, we're going to be doing PLL, or a Pro League Lacrosse uh, Fantasy. We're gonna be Premier doing League Lacrosse. Premier League, excuse me. Uh, we're going to be doing it and talking about it uh, and just kind of reviewing it. It won't be as in-depth as our fantasy football stuff will be because none of us know as much as that. But we are going to be doing it for fun. So, Tao, feel free to talk about it a little bit. Plus, the app is um, Yeah, it's the, that's like the biggest thing right now. Is like, so, like, the PLL app is, like, just getting started. Um, basically, like, PLL does things so differently compared to other leagues. So, like, it's doing fantasy way different than what we are all used to for fantasy sports. Uh, we have to constantly change our lineups every single week. Um, so this is kind of just going to be like a curveball every single week. We're not really sure what's going to happen. Um, but I know a couple of us are fans of lacrosse. Like Jake and I um, do follow it. Nick knows a little bit about it. Um, so we'll like kind of talk about it as much as we can. Uh, the first week is this coming Saturday. So definitely check it out. Uh, all games will be on ESPN and ESPN Plus. So there isn't really much to talk about because we don't know anything about it. Like, I know it's a game. There's just grown yes. play with sticks and balls. That's about it. And uh, projections Where are about, obviously like, like I, I have the highest projections, like, but that means nothing. Like we don't know how people are going like, to play this week. It's not. It's it's not like fantasy football where there has been like normal statistics for twenty plus years. Like this is brand new. People are they made fantasy the cross up for the very first time. Like no one has any idea what the projections will actually be and like whatnot. Like yep. it's just a and they made it the most annoying way. It doesn't That's mean a... that me and Nick have the highest projection because we have the exact. That's same true. Yes, somehow. me and Justin do have the, the highest, same lineup. The highest <laughs> I've seen is Caleb right now. Caleb and Servant have like almost eighty-four. So also, let me just say yeah, one. I thing have ninety-two. I think. 
Kyle, see, oh, Kyle sorry, 94, that's what it is. Sorry. For those who didn't, I can't obviously see our chat because it's just us. Um, Kyle that's goes, public, oh, it's sure? just, it's just like, yeah, no, it's public apparently. Um, <laughs> Kyle goes, oh, the lacrosse is so much different than all the other sports. You can't have fantasy the same way. They score goals. They save goals. They have assists. <laughs> okay. That's like most other sports. I what didn't do you mean, mean they can't okay, do no, no, it the same? No, no, no. I didn't mean they couldn't do it the same way. I'm saying that they won't do it the same way because the PLL is as extra as it comes. They have okay, to do that's just annoying. I, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying. You're going to try to be unique. They easily and, and could do it like every other league, but they're just doing it differently. They're still doing it based on like goals and assists and saves. Like That's still how they're calculating the points. I know. They're just doing right. the drafting differently. I will say I'm kind of Dollar afraid is. that if I'm kind of afraid that if you know if, how difficult it is to use the PLL fantasy app, I mean, they they're gonna have to change it up because if it becomes like almost unbearable to use, and then they're trying to get people to use it, and it's like, oh, come use our app. It's really difficult, and you're gonna hate yourself for trying it out. No, they're gonna they'll change it eventually. Like eventually they'll change it. Eventually the PLL app will just be like the NHL app where it's just like statistics and standings and stuff like that. And then they'll probably move to like Yahoo fantasy or ESPN. If they, if this partnership with ESPN goes well, I could a hundred percent see them doing fantasy lacrosse on the ESPN fantasy app in the near future. This I think trial run. Not to mention uh, the is... fantasy app doesn't work on Android yet. So yeah, but, I, this is the very first time trial run. Like there is literally so many kinks, so many things wrong with it. They are trying, they're doing things wrong, but learning from it. And I'm like, two, three years from now, it will be so much better, and we'll be like waving yeah. about it. But like, I'm right just now, surprised. Be all part of it's all you, you partnered with ESPN. They have a fantasy app, and you don't use it. Yeah, ESPN <laughs> probably didn't want to yet because they knew yeah. how new it would be. I they think it's still like betting. Um, they should have just been like, "Oh, it's betting." Let's just. I make think money you can, yeah. but um, nonetheless, ESPN's we're excited have, to do it. They have fantasy UFC on the ESPN. And they have well, UFC is also a huge sport. So no, Anyways. no, I know, but I'm saying like fantasy rugby. What's your argument for that, Nick? Uh, also, a huge uh, national sport, just like soccer. Yeah. Not so. in America. Not, national not sport. Not, I agree, not, not in America, but ESPN is also international. So, uh, anyways, we're going to look at the podcast polls. We are excited to do PLO Fantasy, and we'll be talking about it as we go a little bit. It'll be a fun time. Um, most of these polls are pretty straightforward. So, uh, we're going to go through them uh, and go through here. So, I didn't vote on some of these. I was in a Arizona, so I was not uh, aware. I was aware, but I was busy. So, I don't feel guilty. Uh, <laughs> however, I did vote in the last few. So, uh, who will win the average. NBA Finals? You have a light they should be winning. Okay. Uh, it was very close, just like the Heat one here, which we'll talk about as well. Uh, Celtics 53%, Warriors 46%. It should be this close. It will be this close, whoever wins. Um, how many games will be played? Uh, I put five myself. However, I think it's not going to be four. Uh, but five, six, and seven, with six being the main, that makes total sense. Again, either team could win in six. Um, Celtics, 58% of people were correct, whereas uh, you know, 41% were not. I guess Kyle uh, voted on this one multiple times. I <laughs> actually, hold up. Uh, 
We well, talked about which of the four major sports has the best player. Uh, we're going to go off this currently, who we think the best player in any of the sports are. Let's go Connor McDavid. Uh, <laughs> so I <wrong>. think, looking <laughs> very quickly so at this, um, I I would fight tooth and nail for Shohei Ohtani because he's doing something yeah. that pretty much no one else has ever done. Uh, very, play, very small. I would like play neighbors. tooth and nail to replace Patrick Mahomes with Tom Brady, but Kyle called me an idiot. So Yeah, Kyle did not uh, like my <laughs> Twitter comment. I, I agree, okay. but uh, oh, Patrick wow. Mahomes isn't uh, on the defense uh, of side of the ball. The closest you get to that is Giannis, but Giannis isn't also coaching his also, team. Also, Patrick so. Mahomes can be very, very – like when Patrick Mahomes falls apart, I'm willing to falls bet it's much apart. worse. It is worse than the, any, every other player on this list. Like when he falls apart, he's throwing three interceptions in the half. Like, mm-hmm. let's clarify though: these he are the four best help. players in each of the four major sports. So, I think that's pretty straight. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is a little closer nowadays than it was two years ago, but it really is the four best players in each of the sports. Yeah, they I can't. Well I don't now. think the other three are any, I don't think the other three. There's really any debate for who's the best. I agree. There's, well, there's, there's, a, debate sorry, no. there's a debate for Giannis. Yeah, Giannis uh, just like Luca. For Otani, I'm sorry, Mike Trout's still better than. Me. I don't think I Mike Trout's better no, no. because the old, yeah. oh. he's still putting up better yeah, no, no. work. Well, I'm also no, going to no, say LeBron reason... is better than Giannis, so okay, that's my other problem. No, no, no. Uh, you can't really for, for LeBron awesome. just because he's, no, he's he doesn't blind. play defense. Yeah, no, but that, that's my exact argument for like Shohei is because Shohei pitches, Mike Trout doesn't. Like Joe Otani's a yeah. different makes it level more impressive. than Mike Trout is. It makes it exactly. way more impressive. Yeah, exactly I agree that Mike Trout exactly. is the best offensive player in all of baseball. Yeah, and he has been for the Correct. last six years, and he 100 percent is. But Mike Trout doesn't pitch the ball, at least not as a joke. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> like when Freddie yes. Freeman hit the baseball or got struck out by who was it? Um, Freddie Freeman got struck and out I- by someone like the. I think it was Anthony Rizzo on the cover. It was, it was Anthony, Anthony Rizzo, Rizzo a couple years. and it was yeah, hilarious because they were going back and forth. Because uh, Freeman's one of the funniest people ever. I really hate that. They're also childhood dog. friends. They also played against each other in little league. It's They've it's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Um. So and then putting Connor in here, I would say Connor's the most beyond everyone. Like I think it's like uh, I really do think I this think, is it was close for a reason though. Is really what it comes out. It was close. I don't think Connor should have won. Out of these four, I do not think Connor should have won. But he's he's on a whole different level when it comes to hockey. Like in the NHL, no one comes close to Connor McDavid. Absolutely, no one comes close to his level. Other than his so teammate, like, a little bit. Drysaddle gets real close sometimes. He's still not uh, even close. Like he's yeah. good because he plays with Connor McDavid. If he were to be on his own, he would not be at the same level. That's, That's fair. The difference. Um, looking at best player in the NBA from 2010 to 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm glad Russell Westbrook got no votes. I think the other three are the clear three. And yep. furthermore, I think that the top two are the clear two. Um, I mean, LeBron is LeBron, so I think that he will probably always take the consent. But Steph Curry created the NBA we live in today. So I think for that like reason. Steph Curry also forced LeBron to change his game. So I'll give it to, I'll give the edge to Steph because of how efficient he was at shooting threes. LeBron realized, oh, I need to be better at shooting threes too. So I'm giving you the Steph because he forced LeBron to change up his game. I will. Ah uh, man, LeBron went to eight straight finals, and I think nobody repeating in the East for the last four years since he's left has absolutely shown that that was a ridiculous feat. Yeah, definitely. I, I completely agree. Um, so now we're talking about who should the Magic take. 
I'm extremely surprised that anyone other than Chet Holmgren won because Chet Holmgren should just run it back on some Dwight Howard and just be the ultimate center that the Magic need. Um, I'm very surprised. Give me this brawny Jabari white Smith. dude from Gonzaga. Yeah, I'm like honestly, like if if Chet Holger makes it past one, the Celtics should trade for number two. I swear to God. Um, <laughs> no. Nah. Trade Jalen Brown and uh, someone else for. I'll take Chet Holger. I mean, this is stop. Uh, this is heresy. Um, no, best pound for pound player in the MMA. Player. I have no opinion on this because I don't watch enough MMA. I know the names Oliver because I watched that recent fight as well as Usman. I don't have any opinion. A style bender. (laughs) The last style bender. I do not know how anybody else can be picked on this list. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Even though they chose Volkanovski. So, um, anyways, that was uh, our main topic today. Did anyone else have anything else they wanted to bring up or wanted to talk about today? Well, well, Madden Ratings came out. We can talk about that that next week, but I will say. Mac Jones is done dirty. He is over Mac Jones was catches. done dirty. And Kenny Pickett should not be where he is. Hurts we could definitely talk about it. I don't it. want to talk about this next They week. are heavily rumored, so we could talk about it a little bit next week. But until the actual ones come out, which will happen in the next coming weeks, because the game comes out in two months, um, that when those come out, I want to talk about it a little bit more. But um, thank you, everyone, for watching and listening to us today. Uh, we do always have fun. Uh, talking to you guys about sports and uh, having a good time talking about other things as well. Um, definitely make sure to leave a like, uh, subscribe, comment down below. Make sure to go to socials and check those out. Check out the polls. Uh, but we will definitely see you guys next week for the next episode. Mm-hmm.